0: Visit livenation.com/concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. 41, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, and 2 Door Cinema Club. Welcome into another episode of
1: the New York Herb podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Landis. Each and every week, as you guys know who have been listening, we bring in some of the most amazing women from all around sports to get to know them and their stories and exactly what some of the things are that they have been able to accomplish. This week, I am very, very excited to introduce Kristen Ledlow, who is with NBA TV and NBA on TNT. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me. Like we already mentioned, I told you this already, but I am a big fan, big, big (laughs) fan of your work. So very excited to have you on.
2: Thank you. That means more to me than you know. Thank you so much for having me. Of course.
1: Well, first and foremost... Congratulations on recently becoming a mother.
2: Thank you. I'm sorry like I can't look less tired for you, for those who are watching this visually. For those who are listening, I sound the same. But for those who are actually watching us, not holding together as well.
1: <laughs> the wellest. And honestly, mothers are amazing. For uh, And I'm um, sure everyone else w- would vouch for that because mothers handle so much. Money. I'm not a mother yet, so I can't can't Thank speak you. to that, but yes. Yeah. So, Kristen, you. you have, for those of you who do not know, she works in, in the NBA, uh, both with NBA on TNT and NBA TV. And can you kind of just give our listeners and our viewers a little bit of a background on what exactly you do?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I've been with Turner Sports now for – This was my eighth season. Uh, It started uh, in the fall of 2013 when Grant Hill and I were hired on to bring back NBA inside stuff. And so that was what my job started as at Turner Sports. And since then, they've been, I mean, just so incredible to me in that. Anything that I ask about trying to learn how to do, they give me the opportunity to try to learn how to do it. Um, and so I've, I've worked into uh, doing silent reporting on on TNT, hosting on NBA TV as well, uh, doing a podcast with Candace Parker. And, and so we've had, uh, I've had just an, an opportunity to grow with team, with the Turner Sports family. And um, it's, been, it's been a gift. I mean, for all eight seasons thus far.
1: Yeah. And you were able to get in in the NBA and be able to work with basketball, and you actually played basketball a lot growing up, and you were able to, that was a big part of your life. Did you see yourself getting into the NBA, and did you see yourself following that career path?
2: Yeah, um, getting into, it's funny you phrase it that way, getting into the NBA, because I actually used to say I wanted to be the first girl to ever play in the NBA. Uh, That was (laughs) Before the conception of the WNBA, if you wanted to map on how old I am, um, but I, I couldn't have pictured it being anything like this. But I did. All what I mean, I started playing basketball when I was eight years old, and I did always know I wanted to do something in or around the game from that point moving forward. And so, no, I, I couldn't have dreamed it looked anything like it has ended up looking. Uh, but, yes, I did always want to work around basketball in some capacity. Again, if I couldn't have been a shooting guard in the NBA, which... Clearly, I couldn't have been. Uh, then this was a pretty great, a pretty great, uh, great runner-up.
1: <laughs> I would say it's a pretty good yeah, call up.
2: solid back plan. We'll call it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, you, but you've always been involved in sports when it comes to your career. You, you know, you you reported on college football. You yeah. had your own. Uh, was it blog? I know you had your own, like, when you were writing about football, college football stories that were breaking yes. and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Sports
1: have always been a big part of your life, correct? Yeah,
2: totally. I, I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida, um, during a stretch of years where, I mean, and there were a lot, a lot of years that Florida State football was the pinnacle of college football. And so I grew up absolutely in love with college football there at the stadium every Saturday. And, and so, yes, I, I mean... I loved college football for the time I was very young. And so my career actually started in my hometown in Tallahassee. I was anchoring the local news at noon every day. And I don't mean like not sports, like the actual local news. Like we had like Pet of the Week and like our guests were, you know, just guests from around Tallahassee and I'm trying to think of the kind of stuff that we do. I mean like like you watch the I mean you've seen the local news. It was that yeah. every day at noon. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for ways to infuse some sports coverage into that. Not that I didn't love doing the pet of the week, obviously. But I actually reached out to the local ESPN radio affiliate and asked, you know, do you have anybody covering practices? And they were like, no, we don't. And we do not have actual money to pay you, but we will pay you in Applebee's gift cards. And I was like, you know what? We're going to do it because I've got to eat. Get a margarita anyway, right? Yeah, you know. So <laughs> I accept, and uh, that was actually how it started. I, I started as a sideline reporter for ESPN Radio in Tallahassee for the Florida State football team, getting paid in Applebee's gift cards and just going to all the practices that nobody really wanted to go to, and and going and and covering the games in a way that you know it taught me how to cover games. And I wasn't on the the live broadcast, so I wasn't on the national broadcast, but I did learn how to. I mean, even park at a stadium and where you go as part of the media and, and, and how to get into locker rooms and how to navigate them well and be part of those media scrums and, and when to speak up and ask your question. And so the Applebee's gift cards are long gone, but the experience is really <laughs> what the helped experiences propel
1: experience important.
2: <laughs> exactly. That was what helped propel me. <laughs> now, now I'm curious,
1: the Applebee's gift cards, yes. the Applebee's gift cards, that's a new one. That's a new one for me. I don't think. Apple
2: yeah, I don't this, recommend. Right? you utilize them? It, I do, First of all, yes, like, but like, it would be gone by the end of the day. So, like, I would get the you know the the gift card, and then you know stop for a half off appetizers and margaritas like yeah. before I got back to my you know back to my place. So, yeah. yes, I, I absolutely utilize them, and I do not recommend working for gift cards <laughs> by any means. But I do recommend getting experience yeah. by any means possible, and that's certainly what that experience afforded me.
1: It's so funny because. In the back of my mind, I'm like, "Who has that many Applebee's gift cards?" You know? Okay, well, I
2: think no, that's a fair point by you. They were a local sponsor of the radio station, so we just oh. had a bunch of them like at the radio station, and they were kind of like, "Well, you know, you can you can have as many of these." So wait, it wasn't just Applebee's. There were several other sponsors that I was able to like. I think I got my oil changed a few times at like the local Jiffy Lube, also. Wow. It really was just- it was it was kind of a fair yeah, so anyone who was, like, sponsoring the shows, yes. I was able to utilize some of their services. That
1: is so funny.
2: Well, i not I'm making curious. actual money, but... You, know.
1: <laughs> you weren't making actual money, but, right. you know, you got the stuff I would have spent money on anyway. Yes. That's but I think
2: very I a lot on top.
1: yeah, you, ha- you have to eat, and you have to get your oil changed. Yeah. So
2: not too bad, as far <laughs> as the negotiation goes.
1: Well, what made you first interested in being on television, because yeah. you could be interested in sports, right? And you could be interested in TV, but to put yes. the two together, well,
2: that's a great question. Because I, I really, like I said, I, I didn't think, Oh, one day, I want to grow up and be on TV. I was thinking, really, I just wanted to work in or around sports in some capacity. And like I said, I, I, I loved college football all of my life, um, grew up always playing basketball as well. I thought about getting into coaching. Um, I thought about getting into refereeing. Um, I, I thought about uh, early on in college, um, I was a general communication major and I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe there's marketing, maybe there's, and then I really set my sights on wanting to work in the front office of an NBA franchise. At the time, I didn't know of any women who were doing so, um, but but that kind of just gives you insight into to what I wanted it to look like. Um, it wasn't just, oh, I want to be on TV. And that is why, you know, some of the things that you've mentioned that I've done uh, in broadcasting, those those weren't all on TV either. I, I, I've worked in radio. I've worked uh, as a writer. Um, I, I've, you know, shot and edited my own stuff. And, and, and so all of that was kind of culminated in this job that ultimately um, I've, I've ended up, with at Turner sports, but, but I really just wanted to work in or around the game in some capacity. It didn't really matter as much to me what it looked like. Um, and to that end, I was actually working on the radio in Atlanta and one of my co-hosts at the radio station was also hosting at NBA TV and told me that they were going to be bringing NBA inside stuff back. I'd grown up watching the show, loving the show Mm -hmm. in the nineties. And he told me that Grant Hill had signed on to be the host. And so I like begged for an audition, not thinking like it legitimately did not cross my mind. I would actually get the job and eight years later, I'd be sitting here talking to you about it. I really just thought if I get to get in there for this one day, I get to meet Grant Hill maybe I'll hug him, you know, like that was kind of my thought process behind it. Yeah. So I was working on the radio covering Atlanta sports and, and asked for an audition. And I think that I did hug Grant that day against my better judgment. I'm like, if I get to meet him this one time, guess what? I'm hugging him, you know? And, and so I uh, got a phone call that they were, um, you know, only considering a couple of people and I was one of them. And, and then uh, I believe it was a couple of weeks after that, that, it was like, hey, this is your new job. And so so it it worked out the way that it did, not because I was pursuing television or fame in any capacity, but because I really just love the game of basketball.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's so incredible. What an incredible story, too. Because oftentimes in this industry, people come into it knowing, hey, I want to be on TV. Hey, I want to be doing this. Hey, I want to be doing that. But your perspective was slightly different because you said, I just want to be around the game of basketball. I love sports. I want to, I want, when you think about that, when you think about that, that approach,
2: do you still think about things that way? Or was it kind of just fake? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. I I, I still think of it that way. Even now, like even having worked in network television now for, is that eight years? I can't, it just along the majority of my adult life. This is what I've been doing, but I still don't think about how do I grow on television? I think, what do I want to do next in the game? And and so, yeah, I've, I've absolutely considered a lot of different, uh, potential, um, paths that, that I could take, you know, that I could turn down after doing this. Um, Mm -hmm. And no, it's not all necessarily on TV, but it's all around the game. So, yes, that that still is the way that I think.
1: And earlier you said at first you initially wanted to be one of the first women in the front offices within the in a franchise in yeah. the NBA. Could you still envision yourself doing that? That's yeah, I'm glad
2: you brought that up because, yes, absolutely. Love but that. I also have seen in the several women that are now in front offices – way more qualified than I am. So I need to keep working in and around the game for several more seasons before I imagine yeah. that I'm qualified enough to step in a door like that.
1: Well, you know what? You you're getting the experience and the knowledge right. always comes with more time. So yeah. don't count yourself out. I would love to see you in a front office of a franchise in the NBA. I'm I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my money on it now.
2: All right. Maybe <laughs> one day. Maybe one day.
1: So you are a part of a lot of pieces of content there at Turner Sports. You mentioned some of the things you do with Grant Hill. You mentioned Candace Parker. You guys do have Parker and Ludlow. You guys do have your own podcast. What have been some of the projects over the last eight or so years that you mentioned that you've been extremely proud and excited to be a part
2: of? Yeah, those two that you just mentioned. uh, Hosting Inside Stuff with Grant was better than I could have. I, it it really is hard to describe somebody like Grant because you see him on TV and you think, "Oh, yeah, what a what a classy guy!" But he is as kind and as classy and as hardworking a, a player and a person as you could. I mean, it it really it honestly all these years later, it's still hard for me to describe the kind of not the kind of broadcaster, but the kind of person that Grant actually is. And so for my first experience on national television to be alongside Grant Hill, it was way less about what it did for me career wise and way more about the ways in which it changed my life and, and, and shaped my way of thinking about life outside of work. Um, and it's funny wow. the timing in which we are uh, recording this um, because the last I had seen Grant was, he was our last in-person guest on Ledlow and Parker in the studio on March, whatever day that was the Tuesday or Wednesday before Everything stopped on that Thursday or Friday. And that was the last I'd seen him until today. I had lunch with him today. And we were talking about all that the last year has held. And when I met him, I was a 25 year old girl, just really excited to hug him. And now I am not 25 and I have a baby boy. And just to have walked alongside a person a partner like that for not just so many basketball seasons but for this many seasons of life it's just such a special thing so I'm really proud of inside stuff for that reason and I feel the same way about Ledlow and Parker that you just mentioned um one because again I love Candace like I but like before I met her like in an uncool way the first time I met her it's like oh my Like
0: that, that right there
2: in front of me, and she's like, as stunning as I thought she was probably going to be. And to find out that she was like totally psyched about doing a project with me was just too much for my little heart to handle. But no, that project I'm really proud of also because it wasn't pitched to us in any way that was, hey, here's what we want you two to do. It was, are you two interested in doing a project together? If so. Let us know what it should look like. And so we got to really create the concept of it from the very beginning. And one of the very first phone calls that Candace and I had with our production team um, was kind of it wasn't like, all right, let's try and plan out what the show looks like or like put together a rundown or whatever. It was more like, let's decide what we want this project to be about like let's let's confirm the culture first and so we were like all right so if we're gonna have a guest on this show what do we want that person to be like if we're if we want this project to be bigger than basketball to be not just about the 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 headlines in and around the nba and the wnba from week to week but if we want it to be about the people behind the players and and life beyond just playing this game. Like, what is it? Who is it? And, and I mean, it was within seconds of each other that we both said, Oh, Oh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Kobe. Like he's gotta be our first guest. Yeah, wow. So we, that October, I mean, it was like a Friday and we were starting on like that Tuesday. We had no backup plan. We had reached out to Kobe and we were like, here's this thing we're doing. and you're the actual perfect picture of what we want this project to be about. Mm -hmm. And then Candace and I were in New York and we were shooting all the promotional stuff for Ledlow and Parker. And we were um, part of the broadcast team for a Knicks preseason game on TNT. Well, so she and I are in the back of the car on the way back to the hotel. And again, I mean, this is like days before we shoot the first episode and we had actually decided If he says no, or if we don't hear back, we're just not going to have a guest. Like it's just going to be us, you know, because we want from the beginning to let our audience know this is what this thing's going to be about. And we're in the car on the way back to the hotel and she gets a message. She goes, And she turns her phone around and it's Kobe. And he says, you know, you guys were great on the broadcast and I'm looking forward to the podcast on on Tuesday. And I, I mean, we were stupidly excited about that for all the obvious reasons, which is that he was one of the best to ever play the game of basketball. Wow. And he had accomplished so much in the, the the few days since playing the game. So that was our very first episode. And then you fast forward just, I, I mean, and just a few months later, and mm-hmm. one of the last episodes we did in the studio before basketball and everything else was put on pause was just remembering Mm -hmm. who he was and, and what he gave to the game and what he gave to us. And when I think about that, that we were charged with creating this project and thought, who is it that we want to kind of define what this thing is going to be about that has our names on it. And we thought of him first. And for just a few short months later to realize like time was his most limited resource. We wouldn't have known that that October, but in January, just a few months later, and to recognize that it was and to recognize that even with the limited amount of time that he had, he gave us so much of it. It, again, summed up so well why he was as, as successful as he was on the floor, but also why he was known for and remembered for what he became remembered for later on. And so when I think about the couple of things that I'm just like really proud of in my career thus far, it's funny because I I don't even really think that much about the the shows themselves. It's 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 the people, you know, it's it's the the people that have made it so special. Um, so yeah, for that reason, those are a couple of the things that I'm most proud to have had my name on.
1: Wow. Wow. You really, it gave me chills listening to that. Um, And it's, it's amazing too, because what you took out of everything was, and everything I'm hearing you say, it wasn't about the product. It wasn't about the project. It was about the people. Yeah. It was about the people who gave their time, the people who maybe impacted you in a certain way it's you know which is very obvious he had a, a a positive impact on you and i'm i'm sure many others did as well that's it's an important thing it's a really important thing yeah. to recognize people over projects
2: without papers. a doubt i mean if we don't take anything else from the last year that was mm-hmm. That I mean, that's all that it boils down to when the bottom inevitably falls out. What's going to hold? It's your investment in people. It's not the product that you created or the production that you might be proud of. It's your investment in people, and that's it.
1: And how listening to you talk about both Grant, who you said is an amazing person, both on the court, off the court, and then you talking about Kobe and Candace, you talked a lot about people. And you said you've learned so much and it shapes the way you look at life. Yeah. What is that? What is that that outlook it's provided you?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that prior to getting to know some of those that you just mentioned and many others that I don't even have time to mention that I would have ever thought it were possible to do this job at the highest level and to you might even hear him in the background, have a newborn baby boy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, until working alongside someone like Candace Parker and, and watching the ways in which motherhood is, is prioritized far and above the game of basketball. And yet she is still one of, if not the greatest to play in the WNBA. Like, I don't know that had I not seen it, I would have thought it was possible. I think my idea of maybe the way life would shake itself out this side of 10 or so years ago would have been, okay, well, I can do this first and then maybe I'll get to do something like that. Then maybe I'll get to... Have life outside of work, but but work has to happen first, and then life will come later. But one of the most important things that I've learned from walking alongside the people I've been surrounded by in these last seven, eight, nine, ten years now um, is that you know when you think balance, like you imagine two entities of somewhat equal weight, and yet work and life. those things are not of equal weight. So it's not about this like work-life balance. It's that here's this thing that I am doing that is so significantly important, which is investing in the life of my husband and in my newborn son. And from that place, from the confidence that stems there, I can go and also be great at this other thing that I've been given the opportunity to do. And, and so again, I, I don't know that I would have thought any of that possible had I not seen it. And so because I got the chance to see it, now I get the chance to do it. And I don't even know that I would have attempted to it in the first place had I not seen it were possible.
1: Wow. Literally I'm, I'm chills listening to you because <laughs> You don't often hear people talk like that, you know. I want to wrap things up because I I know you I know you got to take care of your baby boy. Yes, but I know. Could... It's like a round of <laughs> clock. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you that also.
2: It never ends.
1: <laughs> if you could leave one piece of advice for honestly anyone and everyone who may be struggling with that work life balance or yeah, an yeah. outlook on mm-hmm. that, what would it be?
2: Yeah. Um. One of the most important pieces of advice. Well, you know what? I'm actually going to share two things because they, they, they come from two of not only the best in broadcasting, um, but those who have invested in me. Um, one is from Rachel Nichols. Several years ago, she did, no, more than said, lots of years ago, she said to me the most important piece of advice she could give me as I navigated life and work. And at the time, my work was my life and it didn't matter as much. And now I'm holding on to it like, Oh, okay. that was more important than I realized. It's that no is a complete sentence. We often feel the need to further explain or to try and have some reason as to why we've got to create these boundaries and work so that we can have life outside of it. No, no is a complete sentence. And the other is from Ernie Johnson. And he said several years ago when we were on the road for the conference finals, I believe in the Bay area Um, and he was one of the first to get downstairs 10 or 15 minutes earlier than everybody else. And I try to be among the first because I decided really early on what was not going to happen here was they're always waiting on the girl to get downstairs. (laughs) So I'm always ready ahead of time and always downstairs waiting on the guys, you know. And, And one of the things that Ernie said about his being not just on time, but early is that we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry in our lives like ruthlessly eliminate, like whatever it takes, we've got to eliminate hurry. And that has been a game changer, not just in my work, but in my life as well. It's changed the way that I plan my days. And because of what Rachel said, it's changed the way that I plan the weeks ahead and my schedule many months out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So those would be the things that I would pass on solely because those have been the things that have been most important to me.
1: Absolutely incredible. I have to say it was my biggest honor to have you on my podcast, and Ledlow no. with Turner Sports. I just, I can't thank you enough. I have been a big of fan of your work for so long and you are an even more incredible person than I could have imagined. So thank you thank so you much. Thank you so
2: much. Thank you. And you are doing excellent work. It has been such a cool thing to get to know you, even via email for these last I, several weeks. I appreciate your patience with me as I was figuring out again, that whole work life, not so balanced thing, um, but keep up the great work. It's so exciting to me to get to see what you're going to get to do next.
1: Well, that's a wrap on another episode of the New York her podcast. Please listen, subscribe and share as much as possible. We'd love to get feedback and to hear from you guys on what you want to hear and what you enjoyed and maybe even what you didn't enjoy listening to, but we hope you enjoyed this episode with Kristen Ledlow. We'll see you guys next time.
0: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.